Good afternoon. It is a wonderful Saturday. Um, don't be alarmed because you see me in a sweater. <laughs> I promise you I would not go outside. But if you've ever visited me, you know it is super cold and in here and I'm not turning off the air. <laughs> I want to say hey. Hey, Davion and Amore. Thank you guys for joining this afternoon taking the time to stop by and see what we're talking about. So I really, really, really thank you. So we are going to just hop right in. Um, so welcome, welcome to another episode of In the Damn Way, Life, Love and Everything in Between. I am your host and creator. The real Brandy Alexander. <laughs> so thank you for joining me this Saturday, taking your time to stop and just have the awkward conversations that we don't want to have as families, as individuals, as uh, people going through healing journeys and people who have um, exhibited trauma in their life. So um, thank you so much for dropping by and I hope that you enjoy the conversations that we have. Uh, please put any comments um, up or questions that you may have and I will address them um, as I can. Um, it may be at the end of the show or it may be in between um, if there's something that's pertaining to what it is that we're talking about. But I am so happy that you all decided to join and so thank you from the bottom of my heart before we get going. So last week we talked about fear um, and I was kind of up in the air as to which I have so many conversations that I want to have, but I was so um, up in the air as to which conversation I was ready to have now. And it was befitting that we talked about back to school, the race to adulthood, right? So that's what I named it. And the reason why I named it uh, race to adulthood is because if you're a preteen, teen or young adult, you are heading in the direction that no one wants to be in, but everybody wants to rush to get to. Um, and that is adulthood. Um, as my sons like to call it, it is ghetto. <laughs> um, it is not for the weak um, because it can chew you up and spit you out. And so before we get to that point, before you arrive at that place that we call adulthood, we want to talk about where you are in life. If you are in college or you're you're entering high school or you're entering the um, upper classmen of middle school, um, there are some things that you're about to experience. Some parents may not be aware or some pa parents may be aware and just um, not listening or paying attention to the children. But um, there is so much going on in this world that we have to have to have to pay attention to our children just a little bit more. Um, they are able to hide depression and anxiety and um, fears so well that it's almost scary. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that until it happened to me in my home. And so for me, I feel like it, it is important that I talk to other parents, talk to children so that we kind of get an awareness of what's happening and hopefully change the traje trajectory of where we're headed when we get to adulthood, right? Because we don't want to um, enter that part of our life 
dealing with traumas that we could have dealt with years ago had we just paid attention to the signs that were that were um, going on prior to. So just to talk a little bit about me um, when we talk about academic pressures, like when we grew up, education was the most important part in my family, in, in, in my household. I mean, my dad would make sure that um, we were either rewarded or disciplined depending upon our grades, right? Um, my grades were never a problem. Refrains from unnecessary talking was more so my problem, but pretty much kept my grades to where they needed to be. Um, and I'm assuming my brother did. He was 10 years older than I was, so I can't really um, speak on his behalf. But what I can say is um, I was happy when I was able to get those few dollars. I was upset when I was met with um, punishment um, when I couldn't meet it because of whatever um, you, and I don't know if you guys remember that if you're young enough or old enough to remember back when your report cards and you had your grades at the top and then down at the bottom, they had a bunch of, um, I don't know, criteria, I guess, that you had to meet and, you know, um, listening and refrains from unnecessary talking all that good stuff was down at the bottom so we're not gonna go into that but it was down at the bottom and so when we got down all the way to the bottom I always had that you um and there was very few times when I didn't um and so I would get my um five dollars which at that time was like a million dollars now five dollars won't even get you a pack of gum almost but um so I was very happy to get that. The only problem with that is, is once um, I became a parent, that was my form of parenting to my children, right? So I took, tried to take all the good parts from my childhood and watching my parents and turn it into how I was going to parent my children. And the only thing that, and I won't say the only thing, but the, the thing that stood out to me the most was education. Right. So they they uh, were expected to get good grades. Now, I don't remember punishing them if they didn't. I was not happy when they did. Um, I could be wrong. Davion, you're on here um, and you know me well. So if, if I'm speaking out of turn and I did, um, <laughs> please put it in the chat and let me know. But I don't remember ever punishing them but I, I do remember being dissatisfied with that and so that was about as bad as punishing because my dissatisfaction with my children is more of a silence um which can be just as emotionally taxing oh thank you Amore I was a perfect mom <laughs> um it, it could be emotionally taxing on them because then they're trying to scramble and figure out how to maneuver through whatever emotional stress I was putting upon them. So in any case, um, we're going through school and everybody's doing pretty decent, no big problems, but there's one child that's just overly exceeding, like overly exceeding. Everybody else is pretty much, they're meeting benchmarks, but you know, we ain't making no noise, you know, cause we got that one that's, kind of taking care of the stress from us and so overly achieving overly achieving um and it wasn't until they got to college when it was like 
they hit a brick wall. So, you know, when you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going, and then you crash. Um, he joined every club you could find. He was, you know, doing all these magnificent and wonderful things. And I was happy to be a part of them. And I, I made sure that I was at every ceremony that he, he had, not knowing that the type of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not knowing that what I was implying to him, the academic pressures that I was implying to him was causing him to feel like if he's not perfect, it's, if he does not carry the family through the finish line, we're not going to make it. I had no earthly idea. Honestly, I didn't. Um, again, I never said you gotta, I gave my children a choice, right? You can get through high school and you don't have to go to college. Okay. But if you go to college, I'll, I'm be, I'm there the four years. I'll, I'll financially make sure that you're okay. You know, wherever you lack, I'll, I'll, I'll fit in the gap, fill in the gap. You don't go to high school. You got a very short time period where you got to go. Um, I say that because, oh, I said that because I'm growing men. I'm not growing mama's boys. I'm not growing lazy. Don't want to do children. My goal was to produce very productive, strong black men. And I hate to use the race term, but I'm just being all the way honest. I was doing it by my, and, and then on top of that, I was doing it by myself. So what I didn't want them to do is to fall down the trap that I knew that they can fall down, which I had watched overpower our household to begin with. And then on top of that, um, I wanted them to be even more successful and not make the same mistakes that I did. Right. I didn't want them to be teenage parents. I didn't want them to be high school dropouts, you know, get all the way to the finish line and then decide that you're not going to complete it or you're going to complete something. Um, but what I didn't know was that part of what I was doing was also putting a negative narrative in one of my children's minds. Now, I'm not saying that all of them went through the same thing. I'm saying it was just that one that felt like that took everything I said literally and felt the need to succeed um, over and above. And um, he did quite, quite beautifully. I can't, you know, ask for anything more. But what I would not want to relive was when he crashed. That was the most hurtful thing as a parent because, you know, when he explained to me how he got to that point, when he explained to me how he felt like he had to carry the torch and how he had to be this and be that, even though I had not verbally said it, he took the implications from what I was saying and turned them into his reality. It hurt me to my core guys, like seriously, because as a parent, you know, you think you're doing a good job. You think you're doing the best for your children. Like you want the best for your children. Um, but I was putting added pressure on him. Or he was putting added pressure on him. I was implying these things are great. Not telling him slow down. Everything does not have to be accomplished in one day. You have the rest of your life to be as great as you want to be. Take the time to live. 
But what he saw was a mother who was not living. She was surviving, right? So she's working hard. And so he feels like I have to match her energy. I have to give her what she needs because I don't want her to see me fail. Like I don't want to fail. And, and so he went and went and went and, and, and crashed. And so today I want to talk about how we stop that from happening. I don't want any other parent to experience or any other child to experience the type of experience that we went through in 2020 when it, when I came to the realization that my son was hurting and there was nothing I could do. Now from that day, he was going to have to turn it around, but you know, it was up to him to turn it around and all I could do was support him and stand back and just, you know, be there to catch him if he, if he, if he failed, but I wasn't used to being in that position. That's a very vulnerable position. If you know me, vulnerability is kind of a weakness. I'm gonna put that on my weak point. I don't like to be vulnerable. It's scary, you know? So in any case, I had to allow him to find his strength. Another thing that I didn't know was that in the midst of him doing all of this, he wasn't living his true, his true purpose in life, right? Everybody is chosen to do something. Only people who don't seek out what they're chosen to do go through life thinking they don't have a purpose. I am a firm believer of that. I just realized what my purpose is in life and I'm 42. I did not think about a purpose because all I thought about is these boys want to eat. So I need to feed them. They want to have a, you know, Carowinds pass. I need to provide it for them. They want the latest, you know, clothes and they want a game and I need to make sure that that happens. So my purpose has to sit back here. Now, the only person who had to feel that was me and I was okay being that sacrificial person as long as they were happy. What I was not doing was, Growing their purpose, showing them their purpose, because I wasn't living in my purpose, if that makes sense. So he didn't see, they didn't see what purpose meant. And so they went through life just going, but the children were growing up into young men and that perfect tight knit that I had around them as it relates to to education was starting to crumble slowly but surely right so you know all of my kids are smart super smart um but they all have three different personalities they all learn different they all process things totally different i only had one view of what i wanted for them one and it wasn't working and so as it began to crumble i'm like trying to put it like and I don't know, and I'm I'm sorry to get off topic, but I'm not really off topic. But if you've ever seen um, the Avengers when the blip came and everybody started to disintegrate, or if you've seen Lucy when her body, uh, <laughs> her body starts to come away, well, it, it starts to break off into, uh, I want to say molecules, but anyway, it started to remove itself from the entire source, right? So. I thought I had this tight knit circle on my children. I thought I had it all put together, but the older they got, I saw the flaws in it. 
and it starts to crumble. So I got this one over here who's over, overly exceeding. This one over here who is smart, super smart. But he's kind of like, you know what? This this is, yeah, he's starting to see the reality of it all. And then I got one who is just giving up all together. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What's happening? What is happening? What I mean, I had this whole thing planned out. I had it all together. Why is it crumbling? Well, I wasn't paying attention to everyone's needs. I just had one focus, and that was I needed to make sure that these children were not the product of where they came from. And I wasn't paying attention to that all of them were different. Their minds are different. Their thought processes, their learning processes, it's all different. And so you can't use one specific model and think that you're going to um, get a success story. So as I as I talk came up with this topic, I'm like, we have got to pay more attention to our children. Right. We have got to do what it is that they need in order to grow and grow in such a healthy way that they find out what their purpose is. They take on that purpose. They be that person that it is that they're longing to be as opposed to being so stuck in a shell. Right. The inside of them is so far down inside that shell of a body that they don't know who they are. And then when they do um, show you who they are, you're like, oh, my God, this is not the same person. Y well, did you really know who that person was? Nope. You didn't take time to pay attention. Um, and so um, talking about the academic pressures. So as I'm as I'm putting so much pressure on education, 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 education. I'm not looking at the way that they learn and I'm not looking at they're all different. And so, like I said, one is just like he's giving up and one is he's, you know. Um, and then you got one who's over overachieving, you know, and he's running into that wall. So. I had to stop and start to look at them and say, what do you want? Right. What do you want? What do you want to do? Uh, what What are you willing to do? Like and 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 have them to look at their weaknesses and strengths. Right. So what are you good at and what brings you joy? Like, let's focus on that for a little bit. Let's talk about that. Don't feel like you have to make everyone happy because that is M possible trust me i'm 42 i have never been able to achieve making everybody happy so you might as well just make you happy right so i thought about what are ways to break the cycle of promoting more academic pressure on your child or young adult because we want them to focus more on their purpose in life. We want them to be happy. We don't want them to just go to a job like we've done for so long. Give them give them 110 percent of our lives, of our time, of our of our strength, of our of our hope. We give it all to that company. And then one day that company may decide um, we're shutting down or we're laying off or um, we're bringing some younger people in. And so they find ways to get rid of you like no one is um, safe 
in the workplace, right? Everybody is up for removal. Um, someone can be brought into your place. So we want to focus that academic pressure. We want to focus on that. We want to focus on our academics, but we also want to put uh, emphasis on our purpose. I'm sorry. So I said that about focus on academic pressure. That was wrong. What I was saying was we want to focus on academics, but we don't want to put so much pressure on it that we don't fulfill our purpose in life. We don't want to put so much pressure on it that we take up um, classes or we take up degrees that make us no sense. I, I When I was a supervisor, I had people who had gone to college, you know, had a college degree. I had a GED, okay? Dropped out of high school in the 12th grade. Now, I don't know what food does that, but I did it. Um, dropped out, you know, got my GED, and here I am, and I'm the boss of people who will never be the boss because the boss has said that they are not boss material, but they've gone to college. They have the college degree that these people are looking for. They spent their time. They put that pressure. They've, they've, they've had them long nights, sleepless nights. They, they've studied those tests. They've done what they need to do, and yet they still won't become what it is they want to become, or they still won't be in that position that they want to be in because sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on the pressures of academic, but we don't focus on our purpose. And I hope what I'm saying is not cross contaminating because I never want to, I never want to confuse anyone, but I'm trying to stay on the, on the right path and just letting you know that stop putting so much pressure on these children about, you know, oh my God, you got to be top of your class and you got to go to this university and you got to have this degree and you have to join this fraternity and sorority like you have to be this certain uh criteria in order to be considered important because that is so untrue you got people out here making millions 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 of dollars and have a high school degree dropped out of college felt like college wasn't for them dana says pressure versus purpose so true so true. We can rename it pressure versus purpose, because at the end of the day, you have to know the difference between the two. Do I want to put more into me or do I want to put so much into a system of academic pressures, these tests? and te Y'all, my kids took so many tests coming up in high school. I can't imagine. And they didn't start standardized testing until I, I, I think I graduated or the year I was about to, I'm sorry, I didn't graduate, but the year I was about to graduate is when those standardized tests, standardized testing became so uh, relevant and, and had to be done. And they test these children and test these children and they know nothing. They can't learn because they're being taught to take the test. They're not being taught to learn. And so there's so much pressure is being put on that test that we're not teaching our children anything. And the one thing I've always told my children is you have to know what's going on in this world. You don't take anybody's word for face value. Not even mine. If it's something I say out of my mouth and you have any doubt in your mind, or even if you just want a second opinion, right? I want a second opinion of what my mama said. Please go look, but I need you to know where to look. I need you to know how to look. I need you to know how to 
to recognize the fake from the real because it's a lot of fake out here. It's a little bit of real, but it's a lot of fake. So, um, like I said, promote academics, but don't make it so pressured that, you know, these people, these children get so much anxiety from taking these tests and tests and tests and tests and they still know nothing. And then we send them off to college where it's more testing and more scrutiny and more this and more that more pressures. And we're not, we haven't taught them how to maneuver through and how to even sit back and say, you know what, do I want this degree? Cause my kids could have come home at any point. College was, and I know I, I veered off topic, but college was not an end all be all. If one day they told me they would not want, they didn't want to go no more. I would have crunk up my car, crank, crunk. The car would have been gone to whatever college they were at. Get in the car, grab your stuff. Let's go. Take some time off. Think about yourself. Dana says school doesn't give these children real life skills. All they do is teach them how to take tests. And that is so true. These children, children are so pressured with trying to get the best on these tests so they can get into the, the better classes and the better classes leading to the better colleges. And we don't stop and say, stop. We don't stop and tell them to stop. We let them keep testing. We let them keep stressing. We let them keep adding so much pressure. But I don't know what song it is, but it says pressure versus pipes. You keep putting too much pressure on somebody. They're going to burst. Same thing happened to my son. He burst. He erupted. And all I can say is I created that. I may not have. Like I said, I may not have done it intentionally, but unintentionally, I put that pressure on him by talking about how important it was because the world is telling me, you know, it's, they're showing me so much. It is important. It is. But at what cost? And was I putting the right pressures on him instead of teaching him, um, let's just say he wanted to be a lawyer and but I'm, I'm teaching him how to be a doctor. I'm putting pressure on him to be a doctor when he really wants to be a lawyer. I'm not listening to him. Well, you know, lawyers make good money and that's all well and good. But the future is in doctors. So we really need more doctors. So I really think you should go be a doctor instead of being a lawyer. But he really want to be a lawyer. Now he got more pressures on top of him. So now he's taking classes. He doesn't want, he's doing things he doesn't want. And I'm, this is not true. What I'm saying, like this didn't happen. I'm just giving an example, but, um, uh, he's taking classes. He doesn't want, he's doing things. He, what he doesn't want. And he ends up unhappy. No more unhappy children, no more, uh, parents, you know, feeling bad for the decisions that they made for their children. We're going to stop this curse today. We're going to have this conversation. I'm going to give you some things that I thought, you know, as a parent uh, would be very, my favorite word, conducive to us giving our children a healthier lifestyle as they go through college. And if I'm missing something or, you know, parents out there or, or, or teenagers or, or pre uh Young adults out there who can chime in that have gone to college, if, if, you, if I say something that 
you want to chime in, please do, because I feel like we have to recognize what we're doing and we have to change it as parents. We have to change it because we don't want our children to invoke not enough to our grandchildren or too much to our grandchildren in the wrong direction. Um, Dana says, I just realized we literally waste precious time and money because of the unnecessary pressure. So true. So true. So what are ways to break the cycle of promoting more academic pressure on your child or young adult? Number one. Y'all ready for it? Deal with any traumas that may have kept you from achieving your goals in life. The worst thing you could do is pass down what you didn't enjoy yourself. Y'all, I did not enjoy being judged. So why am I judging my children? I did not enjoy being compared to someone else. So why am I comparing my children? I should be happy if I have a, a D student and they get a C. I should be happy in that with that C. Not comparing them and say, well, your brother took that same class five years ago and he got an A. So tell me why you can't get an A. Y'all that adds unnecessarily academic pressure. Or my sister and I being compared to, you know, it's apples and oranges. Oh, well, your, your sister did this. You didn't do that. Or me and my brother, your brother did this. You, you need to do that, you know, academically. It only adds pressure because now I'm trying to be what you said or my children are trying to be, you know, the better part of themselves or the better part of their, their sibling. Let me say that. All because someone did it to me, now I'm doing it to them, I'm comparing them, and I'm continuing that cycle. It didn't make me feel good when my parents did it to me, when they told me my brother got an A in chemistry, yet I got a C. So what? We, we both passed. Maybe he's better in science than I am. But you can't expect for me to get the same grade that he did. Stop passing on that generational hurt if you didn't like it. What makes you think they're going to like it? If you're not a good math student, stop getting mad when your child gets a C in math. You weren't good in math. You need to deal with that. And just because your parent got on you for not being good in math, what makes you think they want to hear the same thing? Or if it didn't work for you, if it made you feel a way, ways, why are you getting on them for the same thing that someone got on you and made you feel some type of way? Deal with your own traumas before you try to deal with your children. Academically. I remember my son, I was teaching him how to tell time. He would not get it to save his life. Y'all, I got so upset. And I'm talking about fighting mad because he could not tell me on the clock how to tell time. I put it down. He show him how to do it. He'll turn right around and get it wrong. I was so frustrated. And it probably came from, you know, 
my lack of patience probably came from someone not having patience with me when I was trying to learn something. And now I'm putting it on him. I'm adding more pressure to him to, you know, you need to do this and you need to, you need to, why, why are you not getting this right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing him out all because the boy can't tell time. Now we don't even use clocks. So I didn't put all that added pressure on him. Now he probably look at a clock and get traumatized. Stop putting your, your traumas on your child. Deal with yourself before you try to teach your children. Before you try to do anything, deal with yourself first. Secondly, as I stated before, everyone learns differently. A mistake I made was thinking one size fits all when it came to parenting. Y'all, I promise you, when my children showed me that was not true, a girl was hurt. Your girl was distraught. I'm talking about, oh my God, I'm the worst parent in the world. Like this boy just not getting it and that boy is not getting it. And this is just not making sense. Like I'm smart. Why aren't they smart? Why aren't they doing? Well, you know what? Just because they're not doing it the way you want them to do it or just because they're not smart and, and strong in the same subjects that maybe you were smart and strong in doesn't make them any less smart. Because they can probably go and write a paper that's stellar. Something you might not be able to do. You might be excellent in math. Or they might be able to recite um, history like no other. When you don't even know how to read a map. So all of it, all, all, all kids don't learn the same. Some like school, some don't. Some want to participate, some don't. But meet them where they are. Stop trying to make it all one. Because it ain't going to be the same. Another thing um, that I found to be very um, helpful. Spend time with them in their world. Me and my children... We love each other and we all spend time together. But I try to break up that time and spend time with each one of them and whatever it is they want to do. It ain't what I want to do. It's what they want to do. I want to get to know them. I want to learn their strengths and weaknesses and find out ways to introduce different views of how to strengthen both. So if they're weak in something, then I need to figure out how to help them strengthen that weakness. Or if they're strong in something, I need to learn how I need to find ways how to help better that strength. This is coming up now. Once they get to adults, you know, you just kind of stand back and, and feel in what they want you to fill in. But you don't want to, you know, overstep your boundaries because um, I have a real problem with overstepping my boundaries. And I don't care because I love my babies and they already know that. But anyway, um, you have to find ways to introduce them without it looking like everybody else's introduction to something. Because people people reach different parts of life at different times. So I have some children that are very independent, or a, a, one son that may be very independent. I have another son that may, still may need my um, advice. You know, got got a toe out there in the real world, but not really. And then I got one that says, 
ain't ready. But now there was a time when the one who was saying, I ain't ready. I'm like, well, when your brothers were this age, like they were doing this, that, and the third. Okay, we're good. Congratulations for them. I'm not ready. It took me a while to learn that one. And it took me a while to understand that one. But yeah, they, they don't learn at the same time. So you have to spend time in their world. I have one who's very cultural. I love to go to um, museums with him. I'm not a museum type person. Now, will I pick up and go to a museum? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't done it yet, so I don't know. But I love seeing the cultural side of him. I love seeing having the conversations. And I have one that's just kind of a, a, a he's a shopaholic. I love having conversation. I mean, uh, shopping with him because I love to shop. So that works. Then I have one who loves games. Okay. So now I'm starting to, Hey, let's play the game. Now that's typically not what I do, but if it means I can spend time with him and get to know him and, and discover what strengths and weaknesses and open up that door that may be shut and locked with a deadbolt on it of his trust in allowing me in to help him. I will play that game till the cows come home. I will shop till I ain't got no more money in the bank. And I will look at museums until my eyes bleed. If it means I can help them get to the next stage in life. Because even though they are adults, they are still growing. They are still learning. And this world has enough lies in it to where I'm not going to allow it to raise my children. Right. So we have to do that when we're talking about academics. In order for me to be able to understand why this one was so, you know, driven, I had to listen to him. I had to spend time in his world. I had to understand what his real desires were as opposed to invoking my desires for him. And then I had one who probably didn't even want to go to college. He's, I mean, he's smart on his own, but he probably didn't want to go, but he went. I have to learn how to spend time in their world and understand why they do the thing. Then I had one who didn't want to go. He didn't like school. He didn't want to go. Fine. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I refuse to add any more pressure to you. To make you feel like you have to do more than what you, you know, don't want to do or has stressed you out. Also, find out what they're interested in, because four year college could be less depending upon their interest. If they got interest in becoming their own electrical company, please don't send them off to college to get a degree in I don't know. Something silly. Because they can go to a community college and get what they need to become an electrician and sit for the electric electrical um, certification or certified electrician and become an owner of their own electrical uh, company that fixes things and charges 
I mean, good money to come and probably be here for 30 minutes, you know, or anywhere for 30 minutes. So pay attention to what they want. Learn about what they want. You can't do that if you're always in a group because everybody's not going to express how they feel about this, that or the other. So you have to take that time and, and spend it with them in their world, not yours, not on your territory. Get on their territory so that they feel more easy at opening up and talking to you ma i really yeah i really have a problem in english i can't read so well now all this time you mad because they ain't turning their assignments they can't even read but because you're so busy fussing or so busy adding more pressure to them they can't tell you that make it make sense Number four, <clears throat> recognize where they are struggling and get them the necessary help. Help. That can be smaller school settings. That can be a tutor. That can be counseling. That can be the school environment needs to be acknowledged. My baby boy has allowed me to tell this story. So thank you for allowing me to use you as an example. When we were going through high school, y'all, it was hell. From middle school, from sixth grade to 12th grade, the day he graduated, if I could have uh, set off fireworks and had a big old, I would have. And I, he knows this because he even says it like he didn't care. As long as he made it across that finish line, he was all right. But y'all, it was the pressure. And I could not understand it because my other two children, it was kind of like a breeze. You know, I didn't have to tell them to do their homework. It was already done. I got an overachiever. You know, his grades, his A's. All day. And then I got one who, I mean, he doing all right. Ain't nobody writing home and saying he failing. You know, he's doing things that's unbelievable. So why is it that this boy will not get it together? It wasn't until I went and took him for a physical that I found out he was suffering from depression. Now, I don't know about y'all. But I suffer from depression. I know how that thing can debilitate you and put you on a crutch. And I'm not talking about a physical crutch. I'm talking about a mental crutch. He was functioning. He'd get up and, you know, do his best to get out the door. But it was once he got out the door. His world seemed to cave in, like close in on him. He couldn't accomplish anything worth accomplishing because his mind and his heart and his, his spirit was messed up. Now, granted, when I found this information out, it was, you know, 17 years of age and he's about to graduate high school. Um, and we made it through that last year. Thank God. But just having that awkward conversation, because I'm like, I don't get it. I had paid for a tutor. Right. And. The tutor, you know, had tutored him and took all my money and he still was failing that one class. And I'm fussing and I'm punishing and I'm taking away his game. Y'all took away that boy game and, and cell phone so much. I, I got tired. He literally drained me. When we got to graduation day, your girl was tired. She was happy at the same time. And I celebrated. 
like it was my graduation because just that going through life with him or going through that period in his life, I couldn't understand what is wrong with you, but I'm so used to just honing in on this one thing and, and, you know, beating it across his head that his brothers did this and, and telling him that education, 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 not knowing that, okay, he understood that part, but he was dealing with something mentally. He couldn't receive anything that I was saying, nor that the teachers were saying. It was all just a blur. Recognize it. I couldn't see it because I'm so busy working 16 hours and I'm trying to get us this life that we've never lived. And it's just the two of us. And I'm just hustling. I'm hustling and I'm, I'm working hard. I'm not paying attention. I got these two in college and I'm trying to make sure that they don't fall victim to, you know, the pressures of being in college. And, you know, then the pandemic happens and you got all of that you got to deal with. And, and now these kids are learning from home and that doesn't make any sense. And the, and the teachers aren't teaching so the children not learning and you trying to take on as much as you can and I started a nonprofit trying to help other children not knowing that the children and that was in my house were the ones that were suffering they were suffering the most and I couldn't take my eyes off of everything else enough because I thought they got this I was putting that generational curse that was on me when somebody said I got this when I didn't have it and it was funny my mama said that to me the other day I was talking to her and talking to her you know telling her about you know my childhood and how I you know felt like she didn't have enough room for me and you know she didn't but her response to that was well you know you turned out good you're doing good for yourself and you know I thought you had it all together what what teenager has it all together it's not that I didn't love my children it's just that I was trying to give them something they weren't asking for I was putting more pressure on them trying to give them a life they could care less that we had we had a lot more when we had nothing Cause it was just us. I had time for us, but now that we're trying to take vacations and, and live this life that they call the good life, they should call it the debt life is what they should call it. But the good life, you know, we living it up. I forgot about them. And when I forgot about them, things started to crumble. Things started to crumble. I was focusing in on the wrong things. So you have to recognize when they're struggling and get them the necessary help. And it doesn't always mean a tutor. Sometimes it can be a counselor. Sometimes it can be your pastor. Sometimes it needs to be, you know, you. Just you. Also, the school environment. School environments are so toxic these days. I went to a football game. I have never seen more disrespectful children in my God-given life. So I can imagine how they act in the schools. So you think about all of that pressure. And now that, you know, the, now that the teachers have pressure, right? You can't do this and you can't say that. or You, you know, and then now that everybody got a phone, so everybody recording you. 
as soon as you, you know, do something or say something or they provoke you, they'll provoke you just to get you to respond. I'm noticing that too. So as soon as you respond and then, you know, you're the one in trouble. And so it provides a toxic environment for your child. And you don't even know, you think you sending your child off to a safe space and you sending them off to the worst environment you could ever send them to, but you're not paying attention. You don't see the signs. You have to pay attention. You have to recognize when it's a problem. Maybe they don't learn good in a, a big space. They may have anxiety about being around a bunch of people. They may need to be in a smaller school or maybe they need to be homeschooled. Maybe you need to take, if you have that, if you have that um, uh, means, if you have the means to do so, maybe they need a smaller school setting or a homeschool. Recognize it and make the sacrifices. Quit putting that pressure on them that they have to deal with on top of performing at a high level or getting ready for the SAT, the PSAT, the ACT, the the uh, eighth grade this and the seventh grade that and the 10th grade this and the, and the exams and the midterms. Ain't nobody got time for all of that. Which brings me to my next point. Celebrate the small victories. Acknowledge the F to a C. And instead of saying you can do better, ask what can I do to help you do better the next time? Add yourself into it. Oh, I see you got a C. Great. You pulled that up from an F. Now, what can I do to help you maintain it? Or, you know, are, do you desire to get a higher grade or do you, you know, help them when you see them trying, help them as opposed to giving them another pressure by saying, wait, I mean, that's good, but you could, you know, you could do better. You just done pissed in they cornflakes. Now they going to respond with, man, excuse my language, but to hell with this, uh, C. Now I ain't doing that. Now it's going back down to F because, you know, I'm doing the best I can. And, and instead of you, you know, acknowledging that you want to tell me I, I can get an A. Well, if I can get an A, I wouldn't have a C. I have an A. I'm doing the best that I can. But we won't acknowledge that because we want to add more pressure. We want them to get into that, you know, what they call it, PWI, HBCU, PWI, whatever they call it. They, we want them to get into the best colleges so that they, you know, we can brag to our neighbor that, oh, I got a child that goes to Harvard or, you know, Howard or Penn or uh, Chapel Hill or State or Clemson. We want to be able to stand in front of our friends and, you know, talk all the good talk and not knowing that our children are suffering. Celebrate the small victories. You see them braiding that grade up? Great. Congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I knew you could do it. Now, let me know if there's anything I can do to help you maintain that. Or if you're looking to, you know, get a better grade, let me know how I can help you to do that. I'm here if you need me. Take time and listen. That's my next one. Number six. 
Again, I say split your time up between multiple children. Quit trying to group everyone into the same spot and feel like everybody's going to receive the same message. It ain't going to happen. Because somebody going to zone out or be thinking about that paper that's due and you sitting over here, you know, want to talk and ask a bunch of questions. And I'm not the one that's having a problem. He the one who's having a problem. So now I'm not hearing what it is. And it may be something, some nuggets in there for me, but I can't hear it because I'm thinking about this paper that I got to get done. I ain't got time to listen to this. And you want to talk to all of us at the same, right now ain't a good time for me. Take time. Take the time. Acknowledge that everyone is not on the same page at the same time. You got time. If you got time to scroll on Facebook, if you got time to follow on, scroll on Instagram, if you got time to, you know, chill on the porch and have your glass of wine, or if you have time to watch Golden Girls, I just use Golden Girls because I love Golden Girls, but if you got time to watch Golden Girls for hours on end, you got time to spend time with your child and, and each one of them, if you have more than one, and actually listen to them. Let them talk. You be quiet because you may be able to find some stuff if you just pay attention and listen. And talk to them as you would someone that's an adult. So I'm hearing you say, be present in that moment with that child. Stop thinking about, child missing golden girl. They're going to be there. It's on Hulu. You can rewind it. I promise. Anyway, on to number seven. Remember what it was like for you at their age and provide empathy when necessary. Y'all, the one thing... I did not do is realize now I'm not going to say I did not do one thing that I did is try to keep my children from making the same mistakes that I did. What I did not do is understand that they probably didn't have the same mindset that I had. All I had to do was provide them with the love and attention that they needed. I didn't have to, you know, put the hammer down and, you know, make them fearful of me. I didn't need to do that. All I need to do is be mom. Listen, acknowledge. Spend time. All these things that I just told you about. I could have took away some of that pressure that they had if I had just remember what it was like for me growing up and not having someone to lean on and gave them someone to lean on as opposed to being another iron fist telling them that they have to do this. The world does that enough. It tells our children, especially children of color, what they have to do, what they have to be, what they have to endure, what they have to, you know, um, succeed in in order to be considered successful in this life. When no one has an idea of what success really means. If I wake up in the morning and I ain't have nothing but a roof over my head and food to eat, baby, I succeeded. I succeeded. I'm sorry. It, it, it might not mean that I got a Rolls Royce sitting in my, in my driveway or I got millions of dollars in my bank. I tell you what. 
I can go in that kitchen and fix me something to eat and I can go to bed knowing I got a place to call home. A lot of people don't have that. You have to remember what it was like for you as a child. And remember that, you know, they go through enough. They don't need the added pressures. The academic pressures of becoming someone they don't want to be. I'm very proud of my children. Very, very, very proud of my children and what they're doing in their lives. Are they where they want to be? I don't know. But if this is it for where they are, I'm happy. They work every day, faithfully. They bring in their own money. Mama don't take care of nobody. So if that means they ain't got millions of dollars in driving the fanciest cars and wearing the fanciest clothes, I guarantee you what, they got a lot more than most. They ain't asking nobody for nothing. They are lenders and not borrowers. So at the end of the day, they have succeeded this thing called life. I refuse to let the world add more pressures. And I'll be darned if I continue to let these schools add the academic pressures of becoming someone that's a false sense of happiness. Discover your purpose. Help your children discover your purpose. Not keep them in such pressures that they can't even understand what it is they're doing. Because that's what happens in the academic life. It's pressure to be, to be considered, not even to be, to be considered a part of, and you add the end of it. You have a lot of people that get older in life. They've gone to college and become doctors, you know, because their parents say they have to become doctors and turn around and, you know, buy land and become camp owners. I know a person that done that. Heard a whole story about it. Great businessman. Made plenty of money. Millions of dollars. Wasn't happy. He did that because his parents pushed him to do it. But wasn't happy. Bought a summer camp, became a summer camp owner, sent kids to camp, and that was the greatest success story he's ever had. Y'all, that was a lot to take in and, and I have definitely enjoyed sharing it with you. I hope that you have learned something um, to those who, I, I, like I said, are in school and understand academic pressures. I pray that you find peace and purpose um, and don't let the system of academic pressures ruin your happiness. For those parents out here who are raising young adults, preteens, teenagers, I hope that you find this message um, helpful as you are going through the nuances of this false sense of academic success. So I pray that you join me next week as we discuss social anxiety, I think it is. I think it's social anxiety that should be a good one. Um, that a lot of these children, unfortunately, adults too. So join me next week. Again, this episode will be on tomorrow on YouTube, on my website, on Apple Pod uh, Podcasts, and also on Spotify Podcasts. Um, my website is www.therealbrandyalexander.com. 
You can leave comments. Uh, thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. I hope you do, Dana. Dana says you want you have me wanting to do better. I'm already thinking of ways to change my parenting styles as far as academics. Well, I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you.